Greetings, everyone. This is Pastor Mike. Thanks for joining me. I'm at home in one of the upstairs rooms of my house with my Bible open to Ephesians chapter 4, where it says, starting in verse 22, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. He who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with his own hands, that he may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. We've begun to talk about the third paradigm of transformation, which is sin and unforgiveness are the primary roadblocks to transformation. Therefore, repentance and forgiveness position us to experience God's blessing and power. In this passage in Ephesians 4, Paul gives us a great example of what repentance looks like. We often just think of repentance as confessing our sins to God, but that's just one element of it. Repentance has to begin with agreement. Agreement that what God identifies as sin is in fact wrong, and agreement that it's God's goodness that compels him to warn us away from actions and behaviors and attitudes that are bad for us and that result in death. God's Word is our only standard for discerning right from wrong. The Bible is the owner's manual for creation given to us by the Creator. He made us. He made everything we see and don't see. He knows how things are meant to function. But too often we think we know better. We often think that through our own feelings, experiences, and reasoning skills, we can determine right from wrong for ourselves. But where this runs amok is when every person comes to a different conclusion based on their own feelings or experiences and reasoning skills, where we all have our own truth and belief of right and wrong. What you end up with is the moral chaos we see today. But truth and morality are absolute and unchangeable and not subject to my personal opinions. The revelation of moral truth is a gift from God and, in fact, one of the great evidences of God's existence. The founding fathers of our country realized this when they said in the Declaration of Independence that we hold these truths to be self-evident. That is, they have been revealed by God and they are therefore absolute and not subject to us that all men are created equal and have been endowed by their Creator with inalienable rights. We see today what happens when truth is not self-evident, but subjective and evolving. We should rejoice and take comfort in the fact 
that the Bible is God-breathed and therefore authoritative. So if I am to repent, I must first agree that my actions, my thoughts, motives, inactions are wrong according to the standard of God's Word. The next element is confession. Confession makes the jump from saying, yes, that action is wrong, to taking personal responsibility and ownership and saying, I have sinned, please forgive me. We see this connection clearly in, in 1 John chapter 1, where he says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. So we agree according to God's word and confess. Then we turn. The signals, a change of direction, a change in how we look at sin. This is where we often get hung up. We just don't believe that lust won't fulfill me. We don't really believe that wealth won't satisfy. God says it, but if we're honest in those moments of temptation... We just don't believe what God says is true about sin and its consequences. This really takes us back to what we believe about the goodness of God, that God doesn't just arbitrarily tell us sin is bad, but that sin is bad for me. It won't bring satisfaction and joy, but in the long run will leave me empty, dissatisfied, disillusioned, and will become a cancer that will bring death to my relationships, my family, and my effectiveness as an ambassador of the kingdom of God. So now it's with our true identity in mind, as children of God, newly created in Christ Jesus, that we move to the final element of repentance that we see here in Ephesians chapter 4, where in verse 24 it says, Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That now we are to move in a new direction toward righteousness, toward God's best. We often think of righteousness as a line. And as long as we stay on the right side of the line, we're exhibiting righteous behavior. But righteousness is a direction. It's movement. You see this in, in chapter 4 of Ephesians, where it says, don't just put off falsehood. Don't just stop lying. But now speak the truth to your neighbor. It says, don't just stop stealing, but now do something useful with your hands. Work. It says, don't just let unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Don't just stop that. But now speak those things which build up others. Repentance ultimately is a change of direction and moving in that direction. John the Baptist said, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. This is the fruit. Agreement. Confession, turning, moving toward righteousness. Together, this is what God is calling us to do so that the roadblocks would be removed from our lives and that our lives, our families' lives, our nation would be transformed. Second Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven. 
I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Let's do our part by faith and believe God together for the healing of our land and for all those who dwell there. Amen.